We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. I am Vince D'Addario, and this is our uh, post-amazing show uh, <laughs> broadcast because yesterday's show was just unbelievable. I mean, beyond our wildest imagination. Of I what, thought about canceling the rest of the week. I was like, there's I mean, no way no chance, we can top that. No chance. And uh, we were blown away with the generosity of the Irish Breakdown community. And the Irish Breakdown family. I mean, let's be real. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was way past any. I didn't have an expectation per se, but it definitely surpassed whatever expectation I could have come up with. So my goal was a thousand dollars. And I thought if man, if the people really step up, we might get to two. Yeah, like, that was my goal. Yeah. And so what I want to share with you all is I, I had my wife just shut down the store. So donation period is now over. And we, uh, this was our, this is our final tally. This includes the money Google has taken out. Okay. So this, this is the money that this we is have the to net, spend. This is the net amount I have to spend right now. This is what you all did yesterday. $10,000, and eight cents. That literally I don't have enough on my list to spend. No chance. No chance. And I have already reached out to a couple people. I had someone who listened to me. I said last night when I thought we were at 6,500 that I didn't have enough to spend. So someone already reached out to me saying, hey, our organization could use the help. I heard you on the radio. Uh, we could use some help. And I'm like, let me call you after the show because we have, <laughs> we have, we literally raised, I don't have enough money to spend. Now we will spend every dime and there are going to be needs, right? But what I told people where I thought we would be and what we could or couldn't spend was way less than what I thought, what we ended up raising. Yeah, so no kidding. it is absolutely amazing. And it wasn't, you know, we got a couple really big donations. We had a couple for a thousand dollars. We had a couple that went for 500, some 300s, but it was also the volume. I yes. mean, we had 105 people give private donations. We had over 80 people yesterday uh, in the super chats, give donations. So it was a combination of of that plus the super chats. We had eighty seven super chats yesterday, 
105, I believe I said, private donations. So almost 200 total right. donations yesterday. Unbelievable. And just absolutely unbelievable. So you all, I mean, I thought, man, they're going to come through big, Vince. We're going to get to 1,000, maybe two. They're going to really step up. And I, I was know like, man, that's a lot of turkeys, you know, for $2,000. Like, that's yeah. going to be, we're going to need a truck, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I literally don't know how I'm going to deliver it all. Like, I, need, mm. I, I told my wife, hey, look, call Enterprise, see if they have any big, like, big SUVs that we can take, or big vans we can take the seats out of because our cars aren't carrying all that food. Hey, I've got an so, idea for that, by the way. Okay, so we'll talk about we'll it talk afterwards. After but yeah, that. I uh, I can't believe I can't believe. Um, and and my and my wife is absolutely right. In one day, the Irish breakdown community absolutely. It rocks. wasn't even a full day. It I was mean, a little over twenty four hour period because yeah. our first okay. our first don't was because because the live the 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 donation page launched at like around I think I went live with it like around eight or nine o'clock yesterday morning. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And we had our last donation come in at twelve oh one. And like, as my wife was getting ready to shut down the page, a final donation one. of 500, I was like, man, we got so close to 10,000, right? Like I started getting a little greedy, like, man, I wish we could have got to 10,000 and bam, just like that. <laughs> it was like, God I was like, okay, here you go, Brian, $500 donation. Just like that. Unbelievable. So, uh, you all are, are, are such a, such a, such a blessing. It, this is, um, this was big time. I mean, you all stepped up in such a, such a, such a big way. Um, and it, this was a, this was a great situation. So we can't thank you all enough for stepping up to the plate. I mean, our community needs it just like a lot of communities out around, around the country and around the world need have, have need, you know, our, our community certainly does as well. And you all stepped up and a lot of you aren't from this community. That's what makes this even more amazing is there are a lot of people that gave that are from this area. But I mean, I had people given from Portugal. I had someone, I had to, cause a part of the money, I had to convert some euros and I had to convert some Canadian dollars to figure out what our number was because we had people that aren't well, that's even from. That's what the from, CA means, doesn't it? Yes, it's yes. And then the yes. And then yeah. I had, you know, so we had people from all over the world literally stepping up to help out the South Bend, Michiana uh, community. And uh, I mean, I, I you, you all you all are amazing. So uh, I'm going to be honest. I could use your help with one more thing. And it doesn't take any money. It's just your time. With all this going on this week, our website has kind of fallen to the wayside of my list of priorities. <laughs> we haven't got as much content up, so our numbers have down. If you all get five, ten minutes today, go to irishbreakdown.com, read some of our stuff, help, help us get our traffic back up because uh, that part's gone down, but it's worth it because this was such a great cause. So we're, we're going to, uh, my Angela and I are going to go today. I'm going to make some phone calls after this show's over to just make sure that, okay, do you all have more need? Because <laughs> we have more to spend. Yeah. And then there's a couple other folks that 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 I need to reach out to to find out. Hey, what can we do for you? That have reached out as well. So we're gonna get it all spent. Uh, I'm gonna, as I said, I'm gonna show you all the the specific <clears throat> numbers. We're gonna make it official. We're gonna have pictures from, uh, you know, we're gonna have pictures from our shopping. We're gonna show receipts and all that stuff because we want to make sure you all know exactly exactly how much was spent so uh thank you all so much for yesterday and i'm gonna tell you what yesterday's show was a lot of fun about two two hours and a half two and a half hours in i was like okay reggie's gotta go he only committed to 20 minutes <laughs> i know malik's gotta go i gotta go i got stuff to do so i started to wrap up the show Dude, you wrapped it up for like five it went minutes. on like two more hours <laughs> yeah so 
that was a lot of fun. That was hilarious. As I'm going through and I'm watching, it's like, oh, he's wrapping up. But I see that there's two more hours of this show. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Did he forget to turn it off when he was done? Uh, No, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So anyway, thank you to Tim Priester and Oscar McBride and John Garcia and Reggie Brooks and Malik Zaire and Sean Davis and Vince D'Addario for joining me yesterday in what was a really, really fun show Uh, and a fun show with a great cause behind it. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I I did. And I felt because I kept thinking, like, (laughs) I don't want to hold these guys up. I don't want to take advantage of their time. And then they just kept going. And then when Malik brought up BBG, that exploded. And then. You know, and then uh, Sean got all fired up about Kane Madden and the offensive line. And then, I mean, it was so much fun. I, I mean, we, we had an absolute blast. My voice is my throat's feeling it today because I also did a radio show in the morning at WSBT. I did one in the evening at WSBT. I've been on the phone a lot. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. So, anyway, I want to thank you all very much for that. We also had some questions yesterday that we didn't get to. We didn't get to. And and I and I would like to bring those questions up, uh, kind of at the beginning of the show from you know from people that uh, that that did give up give help us out and all those kind of things. Some of them are kind of fun, and so I want to get to some of those questions now if we can, Vince. Uh, here here's a couple of them now. All we right, had a question cool. from Toe Jam. This is <laughs> first of all, name, I just I can't laugh every time. I just absolutely <clears throat> love it. Every, that's that right it, up there it, with Colonel Clink's monocle. Like yes, there, there's some great yes, names yes, that we've got over yes, here. There really are. Uh, Toe Jam says, "Who gave a super chat? We didn't thank him for yesterday. Thank you so much for that." And to OC Irish and Ryan Gavin, we didn't get to any of these yesterday, so we want to get to them now. Uh, Toe Jam 1992 asks, "In the expert opinion of Irish Breakdown, what are the best worst Thanksgiving Thanksgiving wow. side dishes? Also, cranberry sauce or molded cranberry jelly from a can?" In my opinion, in my humble opinion, some cranberry sauce recipes can ruin the whole meal. Go cranberry molded cranberry or cranberry canned molded cranberry jello <laughs> jelly and Irish. Where do you um, even want to start with this? Let me begin. We'll do the cranberry one first. Okay. So okay. I don't particularly like cranberry sauce. Okay. Or cranberry jelly. I'm not a cranberry guy. Maybe my wife wants to chime in on uh which of those two is better. She's listening right now. But um I don't have an opinion on it. I mean, to me, if you put either one of those on my plate, it's going to ruin the whole thing. But that's because I don't like cranberry. So uh, <laughs> I've now been told I'm not even allowed to answer this. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, Andrew, um, anything fresh? That's that's well. Yes. I'm the complete opposite. I'm all about the can, and it has to actually when it comes out, it looks like the can. Like I don't know why, but I love it, and. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm one of those weird people that doesn't like their food to touch. So, like when you got when you have the fresh cranberries and the juice starts to escape and it starts to impede on the other items on the plate, that's a problem. You don't mm-hmm. have that problem with the canned version. Okay, it's it's solid. So you could always put it in a bowl. Yeah, but then you got more dishes to clean, man. I mean, you got okay. a party of seven already in the yeah. house. Like you know, we don't need any more dishes. So uh, I'm a canned guy. Always have been. It probably comes from the fact that my parents were not cooks in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. it was see my family does cook and so like like they make like homemade stuffing i don't like homemade stuffing i like stovetop yeah Uh, i'm not gonna lie to you Uh, absolutely now with the 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 food touching thing vince that's one thing we have in common i uh i'm better about it now but when i was a kid if i like (laughs) my grandma would always have one of those like 
section plates for for me so i could put yeah. my food in different sections yes you know but then you know you're somewhere where you've got like just one plate so what i would do is i would start from the outside and work to the points where the <laughs> two things met and just not eat the part where the two food parts met uh but um i hear that yeah my, my favorite things i mean like when Ange and i make so she'll make all these like really cool things like she makes um for her like she'll make um Oh gosh, I don't remember, but it's basically like yams with like marshmallows on it. Oh yeah, candied yams. Good. There yeah, you candied go. Candied yams, yeah. Uh, she'll make that. she'll make cranberry. All I have for me, it is turkey stuffing, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes and corn, and rolls. So corn I corn together, put, like yes. mashed potatoes and corn. So I put the I, I make like a little hole in the corn, the corn and in. the mashed potatoes oh, and okay. put the corn in, and then mix I can get it on around. board with that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, so I, I like that. I don't that. do gravy. Now, Angela nope. has made a gravy. I, I, I've never liked gravy. Angela makes a gravy that I'll actually put on the turkey mm. when I reheat it. Okay, that's but fair. But when it's fresh and you got to moisten it up. you got to moisten it up. Right. I get that. But when it's fresh and juicy at the beginning, I don't. Yeah. I'm and then we, we developed, we developed like, she, she came up with like a, a rub mixture about five years ago that we do every year. And, uh, but yeah, for me, like I'm basic. This is what I like. And yeah. I don't, and, oh, and then my grandma makes chocolate pie. Like yeah. a really good chocolate pie. So that's yeah. that's my Thanksgiving. I'm I'm a creature of habit. That's Side items for me, I actually dig everything that you said, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, can't go wrong with any of that stuff. Although I may add, like I do love a little garlic whip mashed potato, like you said. Um, but I'm okay with the cheesy potato too. If somebody brings, mm-hmm. you know, we got a potluck action. Somebody brings the cheesy potato in. I'm all over the cheesy potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, I'm so I'm, I'm traditional pumpkin pie. I I love me some I'll pumpkin, do a pumpkin pie, pie. I I love pumpkin pie so much that one year I had it for my birthday cake. Like it was a oh, pumpkin wow. pie with the whipped cream with my name on it and stuff. Like I'm a huge pumpkin pie guy, but it's got to be made correctly. Um, huge pumpkin pie. But now I'm I'm not a gravy guy on my potatoes either. I that doesn't a good my dad potato will take butter. his plate and it's got everything's kind of like and then mixed he just does together, the whole thing. He doesn't just, he? Yeah. Oh, I've seen people like that. I that it, oh, it just a lot of people in my family are that way. Angela kind of likes that. She likes to have gravy on a little bit of everything. She she her it's better for her when her food touches. Like I, I'm not ooh. The only food I want ooh. touching and I'm on board with you, corn and potatoes. I'm good with that. Yeah. Makes it around. I'm good. A little but butter, that's not touching, corn, that's potatoes. a mixture. That's, that's a mixture. Like that's right. right. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Yeah. And then uh, of course rolls. You gotta oh, have abs- rolls. Absolutely. You so. have to have a roll with some butter melted butter on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the good. Yeah. I had to get that Thanksgiving question in, Vince. Any other weird sides that you like for Thanksgiving? I don't know if it's weird, but I I, I will never turn down a Caesar salad as a little appetizer action. I'm like, See, Caesar I feel like that's really just taking away like. space that I need for well, the Well, it has thing. to be a separate dish. Like, it will never go on the same plate or anything. Well, I mean, like, that's, like, crazy that's talk, taking but... up room for my, yeah, in my stomach. I get that. If I have an option, the salad yeah. goes away. Okay. I mean, that's, but, you know. Yeah. Anyway, and this is that, Angela, yeah. this is why Angela does. She says every bite has a bit of everything, and that I just can't do it. It's too adventurous for me. I can't do I, it. I, it's, I can't it's do too it. Too much. Toe jam. Here's here's some 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 things Ooh. that people have said. Okay, I just want to get to a couple of these. See here, uh, God, I love those school trays. That's where she got them from. She was a, a monitor when I was in middle school. My grandmother was a monitor in the cafeteria at our middle school, and that's exactly where she got those things from. That's awesome. So, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, D Rock, see, I don't want to have a soggy plate. Yes. I'm with you. I'm Thank with you. you. 
Mike Padone says fresh cranberries are great. Uh, Jules Mini loves Vince's passion about food. Uh, Tommy Guns is like us. Also, I used to ha hate my uh, food. I'm not as bad care. about that now <laughs> because my wife has made me not be as bad about that. Yeah. You learn mm -hmm. over time. Mike Padone, also garlic mashed potatoes. Yeah, can't go yep, wrong there. There you go. Uh, Toe Jam, Ina Gardens, smashed sweet potatoes is my is my go-to. Mm. I'm going to have to try that because I'm not going to try that. I may have to make that for Angela because she loves sweet potatoes. So I may have to I may have to give that a give that a whirl. Irish Cubby, I was like that with my food touching until I met my wife. She is Indian, and almost all of those foods run together. I have just learned to accept it. <laughs> that's, that's called marriage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're with you, dude. Tommy Guns thinks we're insane for not having gravy. Searcher Green with chicken and dressing. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. I like it. Yes, yes. Uh, Tommy Guns, we do a honey brown sugar ham. Yeah, sugar. my family does yeah. hams, uh, brown sugar ham. Yeah. yeah, my family will have ham too. I'm not a, I'm not a huge ham fan. You know what I like to Ooh, do I with like the ham, ham is when there's leftover ham, as long as it's not real fatty, is uh, make sandwiches with it. Like I'll, oh, yeah. I will do that. Like I'll make sandwiches with it as leftovers, but I usually don't eat it the day of. We do the, we do ham, we do ham uh, for Christmas. We do the turkey. Yeah. Oh, and that reminds me, one of the organizations that we're going to partner with had, had asked us if we could help with Christmas. And I was like, well, you know, if we if we have some money left over, but uh, we will definitely be doing that. So some of you all are going to actually be helping. Some of us will be helping with Christmas because you can hold since some there over. is a need. Yes. That, okay. So that just there's like some canned items, like canned vegetables. And that's great. And some things like that, that they had asked that we <clears throat> be able to help with. So we'll do we'll do some of that as well. Um, I wasn't gonna say no, like no, this is only for Thanksgiving. Sorry, um, it's just but but you know Thanksgiving was gonna be our priority. Yeah, toe jam stuffing with crumbled hot Italian salt. Ooh, I bet you my wife would like that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike Padone does the sourdough rolls. 
Jules Many, gravy is proof God loves us. Brank, wow. Ben Franklin quote, actually a beer quote, but fits. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was beer is proof that God loves yes. us, but still, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yes. Irish <laughs> Cubby, my dad makes the best homemade cranberry relish. Gotta have fresh. There you go. Uh, Ed's asks, have you guys ever tried orange cranberry walnut salad? No, I have not. Mm-hmm. The orange sweetens the cranberry flavor. It's a gel- It's in gelatin form. I can't imagine you not liking that. <laughs> I bet you my wife would like that. She sounds like something she would like. This is great. Uh, D-Rock says, I'm ready to throw out the lunch I'm eating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just had peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, me too. Martin Demo, I'm nasty. <laughs> Use the same plate. Eat everything. Yep. Oh, Nolan Esparza, okay. Vince's correct pumpkin pie with a glass of gold Boom. milk is Thanksgiving perfection. That's how you I'm gonna take it the one, meal. I'm going to take it one step further. It's pumpkin pie with a glass of cold eggnog. That is the way You're to going go. going eggnog on Thanksgiving, yes. you, you rebel. I will go eggnog the first day it gets below 45 degrees. Well, we're there, buddy. Okay, yes. <laughs> we're there. Exactly. We've had snow this past yes, week, so yes, it is we definitely eggnog time. Tommy Guns, my Greek mother-in-law, does the corn flake tossed cheesy potato. Oh, there you see. Cornflake top cheesy potatoes. Get yep. a little crunch. I like yep. it. And, and Alan Angus with the sweet potatoes. All right. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Solomon says, I know it all goes the same to the same place, but I prefer it go there one item at a time. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. my man. My that man. Is, that is so true. And what a way to put it, too. Yes. Yes. Single I want to enjoy the flavor of yes. each item as what it is, right? Single like file, I man. used to when I was a kid, if my turkey would get mashed potatoes on it, I'd wipe off the mashed potatoes. Now, I'm not like that anymore. But right. I, yes, I was like, <laughs> and when I say kid, day. I'm talking like into my 20s. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'm still a kid. <laughs> Irish Toe for life. Was a great comment. My here. mom used to add some butter and pepper when she ran the mixer to mash to mash the potatoes. Love mm. the those mashed potatoes. They didn't need any gravy. They were better without. See? Old Grim, my plate tends to overflow. Okay. OC Irish fan, you can't beat Costco pumpkin pie for cost and quality. That's what we do. Yeah. We'll get that big, we'll get that yeah. big pumpkin oh, pie. Yeah. Yep. That's what we do. Anthony Gr- Solomon, the the uh, spiral ham. Yep, that's what we get for Christmas. Toe jam, gravy is the only way to rehydrate <clears throat> an overdone turkey. Well, we don't overcook our turkey. So, that's right, man. Um, it's but it, to add some some you know liquid the next day. Yes, here we Tommy go. Guns, Tommy hot ham guns. and cheese sandwiches on King's Hawaiian rolls. King's now, Hawaiian I, rolls are unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. They're too sweet oh, for me. Love them. Yeah. Oh, they go they go so fast in our house. Everybody loves them. Can I, I imagine a lot of things go real fast and well that's that's actually yeah. a fair statement yeah, yeah. b straw smoked my turkey last night and that's now the only way i'm gonna make the thanksgiving turkey there you go i've heard that's really good all right Tote, yeah there you go <laughs> salad equals food that food eats so <laughs> so one of my favorite comedians is a guy named john panette and he talks about salad you know he's a real big guy he was i mean he had struggled weight his whole life and he talks about like going on different diets and he's like the ones that would always have him eat, eat salads. And he was like, he goes, salad's not a food. He goes, salad's a promissory note that food's going to come. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> well, you go to a restaurant, they give you salad. They don't even charge you for it. Right. Cause it's not real food. <laughs> and then he follows up with the salad is a promissory note that food is going to come. Oh, that's great. I thought that was a great, <laughs> great way to look at salad. It's not food. Wow. <laughs> you know? He started talking about, uh, oh, what did he say? Um, something about, like, he goes, no, that's cooked. He goes, like, it was some kind of warm vegetable. He goes, no, that's cooked salad. He goes, you know, I'm like, yep, that's exactly. 
Yeah, that's exactly. Okay. I um I wanna I think nothing better than prime rib. Never had prime rib on Thanksgiving. Me neither. Yeah. And then last couple, Blaine Tiller. I make two turkeys every year, one roasted, one smoked, usually a 10-pound ham. I'm mm. coming over to where well, – Blaine, do you live Jeez, in the South Bend area no by kidding. chance? Vince and I may be swinging by. food, man. Hey, we got to run to the store real quick. We'll be right <laughs> back, right? Make our way over to Blaine's house. And then everyone else brings the sides. Nothing beats leftover smoked ham and turkey sandwiches. Yep. Yeah. Ham and mashed potatoes on a King's Hawaiian roll. King's That's Hawaiian rolls, first. man. Telling you. Yep. John says, I'm, I am making my Dutch apple pie with strudel topping topped with homemade vanilla ice cream. My wife would like that. Plus pumpkin pie with homemade vanilla whipped yeah, cream. Typically, amazing. I like the apple pie that's got the crumble. I like the crumble on yeah, apple and cherry that's pie. That's Dutch. Isn't that Dutch? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that's the Dutch part yeah, of the apple pie. If that pie. is, that's yeah. what I like. Yeah. And then uh, Michael Brahoney, nothing better than cornflake yeah. potatoes. Cheesy potatoes with cornflakes yep. adds a crunch. Yep, yep, yep. So you, let's Michael. get to some football, Vince, because we do have some football to <laughs> talk we about got off today. The rails here a little now bit. Now that we're uh, 20 minutes in and we haven't talked any football, uh, Ryan Gavin asked, who are the best running backs of the BK era? Is Kyron the best? I think that last one's pretty easy to answer, and I would say yes. Yeah, that's where I'm at too, especially – the second half of the year has really kind of sealed it for me. He's uh, playing at such a high level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Look, I love Josh Adams. I think Josh Adams had a great career at Notre Dame. I think I actually think Josh Adams is better as a freshman than he was at any point in time afterwards. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I thought he was phenomenal. He had great production, you know, 800 yard, over 800 yards as a freshman, over 900 as a sophomore, over 14 as a junior. His production's better, but he was also running behind – you know, in my opinion, a pretty good offensive line. And yeah, he had other yeah. things to take the attention of, away from him. In 2015, he had Will Fuller. He had right. Chris Brown. He had all those guys. In 2017, he had Brandon Wimbush as a runner. That helped take some of that pressure off as well. I, I'll still remember that 80-yard touchdown run he had against USC. Brandon, you know, hands off the zone and takes off, carries out his read zone fake, and three defenders ran with Brandon and for USC. Right. Could you imagine if Kyron had people doing that right now? Like right. that would be, you know, that would be pretty dynamic. Uh, but Kyron last year was was a lot of times running into nine man boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, this year he's, I mean, you know, well, running for ninety one. Yeah, I mean, you're I mean, running for ninety one yard touchdowns when he's getting hit in the backfield, four yards deep in the backfield, five yards deep in the backfield. Yeah, he's he's making so much of. And, and the other thing about Kyron is. Kyron has been such a good – he's been an impact player in the pass game from the moment he started first on the field. And Josh yeah, was yep. pretty much a one-trick pony. Yes. That, Josh that was, was a great runner, yep. but Josh was not much of a pass. He was an okay pass blocker, and he was not much of an impact in the pass game. Now, part of that was scheme. Yeah. When Josh got opportunities in the pass game, he he made plays. This isn't that Josh couldn't have been a better pass catcher. It's just not how they used him. I mean, he had, he had like a wheel route against Ohio State. He caught. He had that long screen against Georgia, but it just it wasn't what. But they Kyron's dynamic in the pass game. Like right. he, some of the catches that he's made. There was there was one for a first down, I believe, in the last game. Uh, it was I think it was a slant, but it was over the middle of the field where he had to dive to catch. Well, that it. was partly his fault. He stopped running. Okay. Either but way, still he made the catch. There's a lot right. of running backs that can't make that catch. They just can't physically go down and make that catch. Um, and so his, well, they pass, can't run that route, much less well, make that catch. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so his pass receiving is actually what puts him over the top for me mm -hmm. because I feel like he's the most complete back right. that has been under the BK area. And I want right. to put this up. Irish for life says so far. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, mean, I like yeah. that though. Yeah. yeah. Who would you go with number two? I think that's where you could kind of get into some some conversations. I think, you know, to me, the conversation mm-hmm. goes around. We need to discuss obviously Theo Riddick, but I yep. wouldn't put him there because he was there just one year. And he he was, yeah, you know, he was a good runner, but not a dynamic runner. Sear Wood, very underrated production at Notre Dame, had two thousand yard seasons, I believe, under Brian Kelly. Uh, something that I think uh, only Kyron will be the only other guy to do that. because uh, wow. Josh Adams only had one thousand yard season. Now he probably would have had two if Notre Dame would have played a bowl game in 2016. Yeah, but uh, he obviously didn't. Uh, they didn't play that bowl game, so he didn't get that chance because he was over 900 as a sophomore. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Sear only had 1,000 yard season. I thought okay. he had two. I, I, I swear, I thought he had two. He had he had a thousand yards in 2011. He did not go over thousand in 2012. Jonas Gray had one good chunk of a season. Dexter Williams had one really good season. Tony Jones is gonna is a very underrated player. I think it's to me it's Kyron and Josh. I have to go with one two, okay, uh, as my two. Now again, Josh ran behind two the two best offensive lines that Notre Dame's had in the last thirty years in fifteen and seventeen. But he did what you're supposed to do when you have those lines. He ripped off big play. Josh Adams had more fifty yard gains in 2017 than any other running back in Notre Dame history has had in their career. Think about that. Think about how good a, the line was. Sure. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Um, CJ Procise, somebody just mentioned, yeah, you know, that, he had that one good season. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so Torin Folson's a very underrated player. He just never had that big season to kind of be in the conversation with, you know, those other guys. But I'd have to go, I'd have to go to me, I'd have to go one would be Kyron, two would be would be Josh Adams. After that, it's a it's a conversation between Sierra, Theo, CJ. Torian, CJ, and and Dex would probably be my my next group in there. Yeah. Okay, I could be on yeah. board with that. Yeah, I yeah. I always like CJ Procise. He was always kind of high up there for me. I thought mm-hmm. he was a pretty complete back. Yeah. Uh, well, he was only a back important. for a year. That was my problem, right. and he yeah. and he couldn't right. even finish that year. Yeah. That year, so it was hard for me to kind of. You know, you, you 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 were a running back for one year and you couldn't even you couldn't even finish the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when he played, he was because he's another guy like he was the closest thing to Kyron because he was a receiver. Right. As a junior. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yep. and and so you talk about that overall impact, Vince. Yeah, no doubt. But again, I also I also feel like CJ mm-hmm. also benefited from running behind. Uh, an absolutely tremendous offensive line. Brandon Plensner asked, and this is from yesterday as well, any intel on if Notre Dame will bust out the green jerseys this Saturday? What's the point of letting the recruits wear them if you aren't going to use them? Let's go. Not that I have heard. That's right. That was yesterday. I remember reading that one as I was looking through. But, you know, I haven't heard anything either. Um, You know, if they don't wear them, it's okay. You know, let the recruits wear them. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a, it's a photo opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, let them wear whatever. I, it doesn't matter to me what the recruits wear. I, I mean, I, I don't have an aversion to the green jerseys like a lot of fans do. Like, oh, we never win when they wear them, and all mm-hmm. you know, all that. Yeah. That that's not me. I kind of dig the difference. Well, the last time they wore but... green jerseys, didn't they beat Florida State forty-two to thirteen? Is that what it was? See, there you yeah. go. It, it, it's yeah. like people. It's stuck in people's minds right. that when they wear the green jerseys, that they're going to lose, and they're gonna right play because they they lost wearing green jerseys on teams that sucked. Right. Exactly. Which right? yeah. I mean, 
and, and you know. they were putting them on the green the green jerseys because they were trying to spark the team, right? You know, to beat which somebody. I think. And then then you had the the 2005 game against USC, right? Oh, Did they man. wear a green jersey? But again, you took one of the best teams of that decade down to the wire. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, that's not Georgia Tech, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, no question. I personally would leave it up to the to the seniors. I would say, hey guys, it's your last game. How do you want to go out? Right. Like right. what they want to wear do, them. Great. If they, or do they want to, Hey, look, I want to wear the jerseys that, that got us here, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, it's, it should be up to them. It's funny that you mentioned that because we, you know, for my baseball team and I realize it's completely different. We have four uniforms. I let the seniors pick what we wear. Yeah. I mean, I might strongly hint one way or another, but yeah. it's, or the, or the starting pitcher depends on my mood, but basically right. look, I'm, I have to wear the jersey, which is ridiculous, but mm-hmm. I don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me. We don't play differently based on what we're wearing. So right. So if you guys want to wear whatever, you wear whatever. So last year they did not wear green jerseys. They did not wear green right. jerseys in 2019. I do they wore a green jersey against Florida State in 2018, won 42 to 13. I do not believe they wore green jerseys in any point in 2017, because they wore those those ugly uniforms against Navy. 2016 did didn't they wear green jerseys when they played navy yes uh, or army down in san antonio remember they had those those the, oh, they were the shamrock shamrock series yeah and they won that game 44 to 6 in 2016 2015 they wore green jerseys playing boston college and fenway won that one 19 to 6 so last several times they've worn green jerseys they've won so again that's those are usually on better teams or yeah better right opponents, so uh, yeah, so I mean, so so when they've worn them, they've been good, but most of those have been part of the Shamrock series. So, yeah, Michael Michael Rudiger, thank you very very much for he that had, super. He chat. had a a comment. I don't know if it was attached or not. Um, Is that it right go. there? Uh, yes, yes, yep, yeah, yep. That'll work. Yeah, so I haven't seen those. I mean, are the, I, you know, I know those I, are I, the things probably, that recruits wear. Yeah, I that those. must be what yeah. they're, they're going off of. But yeah. You know, yeah. it is what it is. So, Vince, that uh, – oh, and then we had a couple others. I just wanted to pull up one that we got from people that gave donations that oh, okay. wanted to ask questions. Perfect. So we got a couple of those. And um, you can tell that I really don't want to talk about Georgia Tech, can't you? <laughs> well, yes, I can. But you know what? This is a great show. We're talking yes. about Thanksgiving yes. dinner and everything else. It's awesome. Yep. So let me let me find his, uh, his, his the question that we got here. All right, because he. Uh, all right, all right. Here we go. Here's the question for the mailbag. We've seen the results of. Let me put it over here. We've seen the results of a Notre Dame offense that relies on being efficient in the passing game without downfield explosiveness make the playoffs twice before without the same results. If this team makes the playoffs, where are what are some things Reese can do to create more explosiveness that we'll wow. need against better teams? That's a really good question. It's a really good question because it's it's absolutely the problem that Notre Dame has had when they've been in the playoff. They've had def- they've had defenses that are championship caliber, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think Multiple. anybody will disagree with that. Mm-hmm. It's the offense that has bogged them down. They haven't been able to move the football uh, consistently, I'll say mm-hmm. that, um, and they haven't been able to have explosive plays. I think that's a that, that question is spot on. Um, and, now and we got to answer it. I know, right? Um, Can look, we just like praise them for a couple minutes and then we all forget that we didn't actually answer know, the question? Right? Uh, look, I think it's built into where in, it's built into the to the offense right now. I think this team takes some shots when they can. Uh, they haven't always been as successful at them as I would like them to be, which I think they could be 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this offense lends itself to being a more explosive offense than other college football playoff offenses that Notre Dame has taken into the playoff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they need to tweak a whole lot, to be honest with you. They need to just need to be more consistent with it, and they need to they need to execute what mm-hmm. Coach Reese is having them do. Right. And then, and on top of that, they need to do it for the entire game. And I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive at times with his play calling, sure. it, from the standpoint of what I don't think they do. Uh, and this was this was brought up by Cham Gel on on the message board. The one thing I don't think they do enough of is I don't think they scheme enough for big plays. And I don't mean sure. call plays with big play, like, right. a, you know, the play action out of 13 personnel. That's a play. That's a call to take a shot. That's not scheming for a big play. Scheming for a big play is something like we would see Chip Long do that we saw Steve Sarkeesian do where like you run guys off and then design a guy to come like on a deep drag where you're, you know, you're thinking, hey, based on this coverage, we think we can get him free for a big play where it's not a bomb. It's like a 20 to 25 yard throw, but you schemed to try to get him open uh, where you schemed. I mean, it could even be a crossing route. It can be something as simple as a, a delay cross where, you know, if they were going to run off, you try to get Braden Lindsay or Lorenzo styles or Chris Tyree or Kyron Williams, the ball in space. I think those are the things that we're not seeing enough of, but we saw a little bit of that against Virginia. You know, we saw the reverses. Cause I think there's this notion and, and, and he doesn't, Cham Gel doesn't say that, but there's this notion within some circles that the only way to be explosive is to throw the ball down the field. I do right. think you need to throw the ball down the field. I think anytime Notre Dame gets in a cover one or a cover zero situation in the first half, they just need to throw deep and just let a team know, like, if you want to play this cover one stuff and load the box up, we're just going to throw it over your head. And they need to do some more things to get Michael Mayer down the field because they still don't throw the ball to him down the field. Nope. <clears throat> it drives me nuts. But I also think there are some things that they need to do with screens, with RPOs, with reverses, the stuff that we've talked about all year, that when they actually do it, it works. I think those are things that they don't do in those games either. Like they get real tradition. It's almost like I feel like Coach Kelly and his offensive coordinators, they get in these big games and they're so afraid of making a mistake that they're afraid to take those chances. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to call this deep play action shot because what if we get sacked? What do we then turn it over? Can get sacked, we get sacked, right? Yeah, I mean, right. You know, so or I don't want to run a reverse because what if something bad? I mean, bad things can happen all the time. You ran a normal seven man, eight man play action protection against Clemson, and you fumbled the ball, gave Clemson the ball because your quarterback was unwilling to throw the ball. Right, right. So take your shots, right? Take your shots, and especially when you're playing a team like if they're playing Georgia, you have nothing to lose. Just like, and that's what was so frustrating about last year's Alabama game is you had nothing to lose. They were clearly the better team. Nobody thought you had a chance to to play with them. So why not just take a shot? Why not just be aggressive? Why, hey, look, you know what? We, we're not going to beat them if we just play this way. All yeah. we're going to do is keep the score close and only lose by 17. Yeah. But it's you're past that. You've you've played and been on playoff twice. Now it's time to go out there and take your shots. And and those things then, what happens is you start doing those things, and all of a sudden the running game gets going because that team's like, okay, what are they going to do over here? And those are the things I think that Notre Dame agreed. Needs to do with those kind of and, and we've and, but and, and just to top it off, we we saw a lot of that in the first half of the last game. And if you expound on that plan, that idea, that um, you know imaginative yeah. you know offense, 
I think this offense could be special. That's and the then thing. Jack's got to hit some of those downfield shots sure. and the receivers got to execute the route yeah. properly, which but we yeah, didn't see either one of those things on Saturday. Right. But I love the end of rounds and I mm-hmm. love, the, you know, just move, getting guys in, in, in space and all of that different stuff, motion to get guys open. It was fantastic, but they need to expound on that. Like that needs to be the foundation. And then you, you work your way, you know, forward on that one. Couple more. Uh, Nolan Esparza says you mentioned recently that you felt like the next Notre Dame head coach is currently on staff. Can you speak on that mm-hmm. at this time? Yeah, that was this comment made about Marcus Freeman, and, yeah. and that's just because that's what I believe Notre Dame would like to do. It I should. believe that Sorry, Jack Swarbrick would like to, you know, make Marcus Freeman the next head coach. So, um, whatever your opinion on that is, that's just what I think Notre Dame is going to do. I could be wrong. But that's what I think that they're going to do. Well, everything I've heard is that Jack is a big fan of Marcus Freeman. Really likes and, Marcus Freeman. And, you know, we've heard things like, you know, it was Jack's idea to bring in Marcus Freeman and it wasn't Brian Kelly. That I don't agree with. But Jack they, may have come in and started a conversation with Brian saying, sure. hey, I really want this Freeman guy. And Kelly was like, hold on, Marcus. Uh, yeah. So what were you saying, Jack? Yeah, right, you right. know what I mean? Like, And, and look, right. Jack Swarbrick was clearly on board with bringing in Marcus Freeman because right. – they had to go back and forth about money. I mean, you know, it had to be, hey, it's a blank check kind if of situation. If Brian Kelly didn't want him, he would have handled that interview just like he did the national search when he hired Tommy Reese. Oh, that's a coordinator. 100%. He would have had a, the same conversations with Marcus Freeman he had with Joe Moorhead. Right. Which basically would have turned him off of the job. Right. The fact that Brian Kelly did that, then got back on the phone with him and kept on him and on him. Brian Kelly's not doing that if, if, Correct. if he doesn't want Marcus Freeman. But it's definitely a, a it, it was definitely a team effort because Jack clearly had to be on board though yeah. because he has to approve the money. Right. Like I mean, now Jack was the driving force behind bringing in Elko and Chablong. That I have learned over the years from many people that Brian gotcha. Kelly didn't was not the person that drove that search. That was actually Jack Swarbrick and and uh, Chad Clunder, from what I was told. Now it's not like Kelly was against it, but you know at that time Kelly didn't have a lot of say on a whole lot of things. That was after the 2016 season, oh, but. <clears throat> But uh, in, in regards to – I saw him uh, on a game the other day, one of the, the college football games. He was with some NFL team at the a scouting a game. I can't remember what no game it was. Yeah, it was – trying to remember what game I was watching the other day. wasn't the Georgia game. It might have been Ohio State-Purdue. I, I, I'd have like to go a, back. He was scouting for a He was up in the, like NFL with team. an NFL team, yeah. Interesting. So I thought it was very interesting. Interesting exit for him. At Notre it was Day. on a broadcast. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm not going I'm not there. Gonna go there. I, I'm not going there. I – I've had many dealings with Mr. Kalender over the yeah. years. So anyway, uh, another question we had from Domer Grizz. Uh, he said, uh, would Josh Adams have played in the NFL if he had run behind this offensive line? I recall he was fast but needed holes to be, uh, bust his long runs. Kyron would have won the Heisman with the 2017 line. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that single thing that he just and said. And Josh was so long and he ran so high. Yeah. And he wasn't elusive. That he took a lot of he took a lot of hits, unnecessary hits. Yeah. I again, I thought if Josh would have ran in 2017 like he ran in 2015, I, I think he would have had 1,700 yards. I really do. Mm-hmm. He just he was never. I mean, because he would actually like his counter run against Stanford. Go back and watch his counter run. I mean, he he busts it. He breaks vertical. He cuts back. You remember that play, Vince, as a freshman. And, uh, you know, I thought he was better as a freshman than he was as a sophomore or yeah, junior. Yeah, I do too. I do too. When he played in the NFL, probably. Hole, he wasn't hitting it. I mean, yeah. it was, he didn't do a great job his junior year of of manufacturing a hole, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You know what I mean? And it was it was, it was was a problem at times. But 
other times it was such a good offensive yeah. line. A lot like of Georgia. Major hole against there. Georgia it was a problem. There were holes there yes. that he needed. To, that Kyron, yeah. would, Kyron would have ran for seventy yards against Georgia instead yeah. of twenty something like that. Agreed. Uh, I would also argue that he was an undrafted free agent, so it's not like running behind that line got him drafted, right? So Josh Adams is a good running back. It's yeah. look, I, I don't care how good that line was; it doesn't turn a bum into a fourteen plus hundred yard rusher. Sure. Josh still and Josh was banged up down the stretch. Josh, Josh, I mean, he's the one that had to go for 80 some yards. I mean, you had to catch him. He was fast. But yeah, Josh was Josh. I mean, Josh had to go into camp and make a team as an undrafted free agent. He earned that. And that had nothing to do with the 2017 offensive line. So, and he's even been on teams this year. Somebody just asked, isn't Adams from the NFL? I don't know if he's on an active roster now, but somebody signed him within the last month. So, so you don't do that because of the 2017 offensive line. You don't play. I mean, he led the Jets in rushing, or was it the Eagles? He led the Eagles in rushing, I think, as a rookie. It was, it was like 600 yards, but he led them in rushing as a, as a rookie. Saints. Somebody just said, Searcher Green just said it was the Saints. So, uh, yeah, he still would have played in the NFL. <clears throat> uh, Sully for ND asked Brian, do you see this weekend's game being the most comfortable win of the season yet? If not, where would you rank it? Um, let's talk about that during the. That's going to be appropriate to discuss as we get into. Uh, well, our prediction show. I'm going to go into the stats here okay. when you leave because <laughs> okay. you're not going to be able to. I'm just going to do a quick rundown. Fair enough of the breakdown. Um, I. I I will I will just say since I won't be part of that conversation mm-hmm. I will say the most comfortable game for me going into it was the Navy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did not have any doubt in my mind that no, that Notre Dame was going to dominate Navy. Now, did I think that the defense was going to be as good as it was? I don't know that I would have predicted that per se. Uh but uh that was definitely the game that I was most comfortable with because Navy is just that bad unfortunately. Here's a good one I want to ask you, Vince, before you go. This is okay. a really good question. Uh-oh. This is from CXG858 on the message board. I don't know who this is. Because what I did was, is people that gave private donations, they were able to ask questions on the message board. Yes. He said, in chess, there's the debate about whether a perfect game should be a white win, white moves first, or a tie. In football, if an equally talented offense and defense execute perfectly – would the result be a touchdown or a stop or something in the middle? If a perfectly balanced offense and defense are going up against each other, mm-hmm. what? Who gets the win? Is like what's considered a win? Yeah, well, you know, he asked if in football, if an equally yeah. talented offense and defense execute perfectly, okay, would the result be a touchdown or a stop or something in the middle? Man. I'd like to say something in the middle, but my I guess maybe my offensive brain says it would have to be it w- it would be a touchdown if it was perfectly if if, if both were perfectly executing. I feel like when you draw up offensive plays, if you're perfectly executing, you account for almost everybody. Um, and so if everybody's perfectly executing, it, it's hard for me to say that the defense isn't perfectly executing though. Mm-hmm. Because they have to be able to block destruct and they have to, you know, there's certain things that they do to make sure that the offense isn't perfect. So I don't know that there's ever an opportunity for both to be perfect. So it, it probably would be someplace in between. Um, but I, I will say that the offense scores a touchdown. So this is to me, I'm going to, I'm going to get a little bit nerdy on this one. That's 
I said, in football, if an equally talented offense and defense execute perfectly, would the result be a touchdown or a stop or something in the middle? That would then depend on who has the better coach and who did the better scouting. Because you can execute a play call perfectly and and the other team have a successful play because they had you schemed up for that call. And ultimately, that's what the best coaches do. It would be, yes, our call is going to be better than your call or vice versa. I have kind of always felt that if you then take it into coaching where the defense has the right call for the play, then the defense is going to win. Because if I have a great call against what I think they're going to run, and then they actually disguise and do something, different, something different, usually the de- – Again, <laughs> if, all, if the talent is equal, yeah, it means receivers and corners are kind of place to place, and it comes down to two things. Who has the better call, and how good is my quarterback? Because you could have a play perfectly designed, and if I got Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or John Elway or, you know – you know, guys like that, then, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. But if everything is perfectly executed and the coaches are equally prepared, then I feel like that's usually going to be a defensive win or a minimal gain. You know, uh, it's not going to be a touchdown unless my play call is better than your play call or my quarterback is just Trevor Lawrence, right? right. I mean, that's, that's right. how I look at it. So, And then last question is, why isn't Estime playing at all? Uh, he is. He's playing a lot. He's just not playing on. He's on, playing he's special teams, and it's hard to get four backs in a game. I mean, that's right. four backs is deep. Like it, I, I would say, yeah. getting three backs in is generally difficult. But Notre Dame seems to be doing a decent job of a three-man yeah, rotation. I think three four, backs is easy in today's four, game. Four is hard. Yeah. Four three is, hard. is to me. Three is okay. not a problem in today's game as long as. You have three backs with somewhat varying skill sets, and that's what makes it easy for Notre Dame. Yeah, there for you go. Alabama in past years, it's hard to get three backs in the game because they were all the same dude. Right. Like now, you could put Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams both in a slot and right. and attack. You could go thirty-two personnel. Yeah, you and could. attack people. Somebody brought talked about this in the show, I think, yesterday. But uh, y- you know, that's what makes this group unique. But if I've got T.J. Yeldon and uh, oh, that was the other one that I wanted to ask, Vince. If I got TJ Yeldon and Eddie Lacy and a guy like them, then yeah, I can't really play more than one. Right. The only exceptions would be like back in Miami days and like 2001 when they – in 2000 when they just went ahead and made Willis McGahee a fullback because they had to find a way to get him on the field. Yeah, seriously. Right? Because he's not a fullback. No, no. It's just, <laughs> well, but he ain't playing over Frank Gore and Clinton Portis. And, right. You know what I mean? So it's either exactly. be a fullback or don't play. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Vince, you want to go ahead and, and – I was going to uh, say, I hope your memory is better than mine because it just feels like we've known each other for so long. Um, was it when you were with – as well uh, at ISD. With Mike Frank, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. With ISD, you were with yep. them. And uh, Sean Styers was working with – did he work with you or how – is that when he, – He replaced me. Okay. But you you were a member of the site, and I, and I met you at a game. You were covering really? one of the games. Yeah. And it was like okay. back in 2010 or 11. You were covering one of the games. We met each other. We didn't really become like friends' friends until I came back and like – like so we knew right. each other and we were friendly and – We'd yeah. see each other and, hey, man, what's going on? But, like, exactly. when I came back and after the 2013 season, yeah. you were doing some work for Mike. Yes. And I, yes. Was, and I came we... back and worked for Mike because yeah, you were one of the four people he hired to try to replace me when yeah. I left. Yeah, right. and, 
picking up a pattern here, Vince. Yeah, I I believe you try to replace me. What's up with that, man? (laughs) Um, And then, of course, we became friends. And then it's not really true because I brought Vince on to BGI. Yeah. Yeah, So, uh, and Vince actually said, well, if you leave, I'm leaving. And I said, no, you're not. You're going to stay and do what you got to do and put the, put the, put the product out and all that kind of stuff. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of that. And we just, we just had a lot in common and we talked yeah. football a lot and yeah. it just kind of, it kind of grew from It there. was really so. when you came back that we became yeah. close because like that... we knew each other. But, right. But, but yeah. And then you yeah. were, I think at times on Mike's board at times, but yeah. you've never been a message board guy, but Mm-mm. that's kind of how. Um, yep. So yeah. It was yeah. when you came back and we were working together and you were correcting my English uh, when I would try to write stories and things like that. Well, I just wanted them to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I don't put a lot of stories out at Irish Breakdown, everybody. <laughs> a lot of stories. Yeah, or any stories. Yeah. I'm just joking. I know. Tommy Guns with a super chat. Notre Dame versus BC, Christmas Day, Color Rush Unis. Did that happen at one point? I don't know what the heck he's talking about. He really wanted me to special exhibition game. Oh, I see. I see. Well, they're not going to play on Christmas Day because that's going to be right around a bowl time, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but, hey. I was like, Indy I was versus BC like little... Christmas Day color rush unis. I don't know what color rush unis means. Well, I mean, it would be like all green, like top to bottom. Like some of the color rush oh. uniforms for the NFL are terrible. It's I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Color eyes. rush. Color rush is what the NFL does. Every team has a color rush, which means they're the same color top to bottom, all oh, the way down. Yeah. And some of them are just bad. I mean, they're I just... can't think either one of those options for Notre Dame would be good. Yeah. I mean, you, I would assume they would go all green, which they've done in the past for some of those Shamrock Series games. They've gone all green. But even blue then, well. they had gold helmets. Right. Yeah. Good point. Like all gold would look. That'd yeah. be horrible. Because you're on no the helmet, not the jersey. The right gold. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, no. No. And I don't know if I would love all green either. If I could have the same, I, I really like the all greens. Yeah. You know, I did. I didn't mind I them, did. but yeah. Oh, man, your wife is coming hard. I know, right? right? She's, she's, she's coming hard at you. No. She, mm-hmm. Brian that's has a, backhand, that's for... a backhanded comment at you. Sorry, Vince. I'll take it. What she's oh, basically have, saying she, is your grammar was bad. So she's saying you do have an eye for grammar. I mm-hmm. thought she was being sarcastic. So No, okay. no. She All would right. used to have me proofread her. when. So oh. uh, when she and I first got married, she was actually, she went back to college and she uh, got a four-year degree in like two years a double degree in like two years well i had to do a lot of the proofreading of her gotcha. stories well i don't feel so bad then. and then right. i'd like hand her the proofread source like seriously did it suck or something I'm like no it didn't suck it's just you know it's, it's red like, everywhere it's like <laughs> yeah, it didn't suck it just needs to be written correctly <laughs> i'm gonna get in so much trouble you that are when I get done here. i am not talking about this topic anymore i don't want to get in trouble <laughs> Uh, but she did graduate with a 4.0, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Don't worry. Same she, thing happened she, in my relationship. Yeah, she graduated with a four, uh, 4.0 degree. So I, as I've always told people, that uh, people ask about, you know, do you have any advice for getting married? I always say, marry someone smarter than you. That's <laughs> always the goal. And so that's what I did. So uh, Vince, we're going to, we're going to, um, here we go. <clears throat> Michael Brahoni says, I feel you, Brian. My wife has a doctorate in education. She's an English teacher. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be rough. Yeah. That'd be rough. 
All right. So Vince, that is that you have yeah. a little bit to dive into, or do you got to you got to take? I got a I got a jet, uh, okay. but um, I, I what I will say is I am I am nervous about this particular matchup only because they've got some dudes that can game wreck a little bit but i'm not worried about the outcome they're just so, not good in the trenches right though. Exactly. that's the problem is the only, got, the only way got, i'm yeah. worried about an offense yeah. outplaying notre dame is if uh is if you're in a situation where you've got a line that can keep this defensive right. front in check right there may be a couple big plays yeah. where they just get loose uh, right. But it's not going to be a game-changing type yeah. situation. So, yeah. uh, but enjoy talking about this uh, this offense because it's a much better talk than the defense was. Yeah, and it's you know, we're not going to we're not going to talk a long time about this, but we're definitely going to dive into this matchup and, and get going. But uh, Vince, thank you for for you joining bet, us. And I will talk to you later, sir. <laughs> I'll keep Bye, you posted everybody. on how the uh, how the shopping goes today. <laughs> Please do, because so, I will be yes. at a swim meet looking for your responses. Yes. So, all right, my friend. All right, talk to you. See you. The headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, so let's dive into the matchup of Notre Dame's offense against Georgia Tech or Notre Dame's defense against Georgia Tech's offense. This is an intriguing matchup because I actually think that that Georgia Tech has they've got some athletes and the the question for me is going to be more about if if Jeff Sims plays. I think that's the big thing for me. He did not play last week against against uh Boston College. They scored 30 points last week, but at the same time, uh, seven of those came on a kick return from Jameer Gibbs, which is, you know, part part of the part of the thing you have to be concerned with. But to me, it, it comes down to is he gonna be is he gonna be healthy or not? If he's healthy, I think this offense becomes a little bit more dynamic. And as the last I have heard is I don't know if he's if he's healthy or not. So um if he's healthy, then that then then or at least healthy enough to play, then they present a few more options, a few more issues. Uh, in, in my opinion, I think Jordan Yates is is 
you know, maybe a little bit more of an accurate passer, but I think Jeff Sims can really get the ball down the field. But he brings a different dynamic in the run game, similar to to what we saw from Brandon Wimbush, not not quite, but close uh, for Notre Dame in, in 2017. If you look at last year, Jeff Sims actually led the offense in rushing yards last year in 10 games. Now, Jameer Gibbs only played seven games. You know, but last year, Jeff Jeff Sims rushed for 492 yards in six games. This year, he's the number two leading rusher. He's at he's rushed for 371 yards and 5.3 yards per carry. As we've seen, Notre Dame can have some problems with mobile quarterbacks, especially mobile quarterbacks that break down after, like once the play breaks down, they take off on a pass play. And I think he adds to that. But even just as a pure runner, I think he presents some some issues. And when you look at the numbers of the two teams, there's a lot of similarities between the two. Now, I still feel like Notre Dame's rush defense has been better than its than its numbers, simply because I think they've had a couple couple bad games that have padded their numbers. But they've been pretty good against the run, a lot more than they've been 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 bad against the run. You know, I look at I look at the North Carolina game; they gave up 224 yards. 264 to Florida State. In the rest of their games, they were at 124, 57, 78, 93, 127, 129, 82, and they gave up 166 to Navy. But that was like 80 yards below, or about, about 60 yards below Navy season average because they played a triple option team. I mean, in, in three of their 10 games, or seven of their 10 games this year, they've held their opponent below what they've allowed for the season. And four of their opponents have been held under 100 yards. They've only allowed more than 3.5 yards per carry in f- four games. And one of those games is against USC where they averaged 3.9. And a lot of those yards came late. So I actually think Notre Dame's run defense has been a little better than it, than it, than it shows statistically because of, I think, like I said, they had two really bad games against Florida State and North Carolina, but they've had a lot more good games. Georgia Tech has been a little bit inconsistent running the football. When they're on, they're really dangerous. And and we've seen that this year. They ran for 213 yards last week against Boston College. They ran for 270 and averaged 7.9 yards per carry against Virginia. They went for 261 against North Carolina. They went for 271 against Northern Illinois. They've been over five yards a carry in half of their games this year, including 6.1 against North Carolina, 7.9 against Virginia, 6.1 against Virginia Tech, and they went for 5.3 against Boston College last week. So they're a team that can run the ball relatively well. Now, they were held to to 93, five yards uh, on 38 carries against Clemson, who's got a pretty good defense. They went for 73 yards uh, and 2.4 yards per carry against Pitt, who has a pretty good run defense. So when they've played good rushing defenses, they haven't been nearly as good. Now, will Notre Dame be able to play that level or not? I think that remains to be seen. You know, but but one of the big things that we have to do is we, we have to see from Notre Dame is we have to see if they're a willing to commit to more of a of a more in the box, right? Maybe more of a four down front. For you want what you want to do is you want to force Georgia Tech to try to throw the football. And that's the thing, is you want to try to outnumber them in the box not allow them to out-leverage you outside, but then also not get so condensed that, you know, I mean, not so spread out that they have seams. What that means is if you if you condense too much into the box, then they can out-leverage you, and they have the athletes to get outside. Then you have to say, well, then you can't get too wide to protect outside that you then open up creases up the middle for, for Jameer Gibbs because uh, their offensive coordinator 
designs a pretty good run game. I mean, schematically, I like what Georgia Tech does. You know, they're not just running at you. He knows that they don't have a good line. They do some read zones. They do some power reads. They'll do misdirection. They'll do some things to try to scheme you up. But Notre Dame's been pretty good about that stuff. Getting Myron Tungvaloa back this week should also help with that because he's been so good against the run this season. But as long as Notre Dame can control the line of scrimmage, they should be able to keep Georgia Tech in check in the run game. But what I would do is I would really make sure that my game plan is geared towards stopping the run because this matchup right here is going to be the one that ultimately determines whether or not Notre Dame is going to control this game. Because what Georgia Tech is going to want to do is they're going to want to control the ball. Now, they're not a slow pace, you know, keep the ball for 40 minutes type of team, but they are going to run the ball. And because they know that they don't match up well with Notre Dame's offense, they are going to want to try to put some possessions together and put points on the board. And if they're not running the ball effectively, they 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 don't score. I mean, that's just that's just a, a reality of what they've they've been all season. So Notre Dame's gonna have to really commit to stopping the run. Now, if you look at the numbers overall, Notre Dame is obviously better in yards per game. Georgia Tech ranks higher in yards per play. Notre Dame's given up fewer touchdowns relative to the touchdowns scored. And tackles for loss to tackles for loss allowed is almost identical in regards to the ranking. I think when you look at Notre Dame, I think that they've played tougher competition from a running standpoint than what Georgia Tech has faced from a rushing defense standpoint. I think Notre Dame has also had some really good success when they have played some good rushing teams, as we've mentioned before. So I think that Notre Dame has done a better job against good rushing teams than what Georgia Tech has done against good rushing defenses. And so ultimately, that's what it boils down to. I mean, Notre Dame's played – uh, you know, played Wisconsin, who ranks 12th in the nation in, in in rushing yards. Notre Dame held them to 78 yards rushing. Wisconsin averages 227 on the season. Navy is currently at 217.6. Notre Dame held them to 166. North Carolina is a top 25 rushing team as well. Notre Dame actually allowed them to go beyond their, their season average. Again, that was one of their bad games. So Notre Dame has played three top 25 rushing teams this year, and two of them they did really well against. Now uh, the other they did not, right? So that's going to be that's going to be part of the process. So Georgia Tech's going to have about the fifth best rushing attack that Notre Dame has faced this year, from a ranking standpoint, yards per game standpoint. So they're going to have to they're going to perform well. <clears throat> So I think this is a situation where this is going to be the battle that ultimately determines the success of this defense versus offense matchup. Apologies for uh, the long delay there. My uh, my throat's about to go. My voice is about shot. So I'm trying to just keep some cold uh, some cold beverages going down the throat to help me recover. So you can hear it start to crack a little bit. Let's get into the receiving matchup. This is a much different matchup than it was a year ago. A year ago, when you looked at this matchup, you know, Jeff Sims was a true freshman quarterback. He wasn't he wasn't really much of a passing threat, but they had really good receivers, in my opinion. I really liked the receiving core last year. Obviously, you had Jalen Camp, who had a big play in that game against Notre Dame. You had Jameer Gibbs and Malachi Carter and Adonica Sanders. They met some good players this year. Some of those guys haven't really stepped up as effectively. Uh, as you needed him to, but losing Jalen Camp, he was a big 6'3-plus, 210-plus guy that really added a different a different element to what they do, and I, I'm just not really concerned about the guys that they're playing now. Malachi Carter's a good player. He's not what Jalen Camp was last year. Now, 
The thing you have to worry about, however, is Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield is a really, a really good weapon. Uh, Kyrick McGowan is a good player. You know, he's just a good, solid player. You know, they got solid players, but you know, it's just not a situation where there's anybody that necessarily scares you a whole lot. There's nobody that you were have to worry about stretching the field just because they're so dynamic. It's more about Notre Dame has to play their game. If Notre Dame plays their game, they should be able to keep them in check. And a big part of the reason why is you look at that bottom number down here, and it's this right here, it's it's sacks. Notre Dame obviously is a very good pass rushing team when they turn it loose. That's going to be ultimately a big part of the game is, since this isn't a good passing team, do you put more resources to the run game, like having Isaiah Foskey playing more on the line and being more aggressive and attacking the backfield, and then trust your linebackers and secondary to cover more? Or do you do more of the three-man fronts where at times you mix up the coming up or dropping back and those type of things? And so to me, I'm hoping this is a more aggressive game plan. And part of that is because I just don't think Georgia Tech's offensive line is very good. It's young in spots. It's young at tackle. It's just, to me, it's not a really talented line. They're, they're not super athletic up the middle at most spots. Notre Dame needs to allow their defensive line to feast in this game. And, and if that'll sh- help shut down the run game, but it'll also play a big role in the pass game because – whether it's Jeff Sims or Jordan Yates, if they don't get time in the pocket, then this pass game's not going to be good because neither of them are overly accurate quarterbacks. Neither of them, and I don't not talk even just from a completion percentage standpoint, just from a ball placement standpoint, neither of them are, are really veteran guys that know how to read and pick apart blitzes and pressures. So I think the big thing is going to be putting pressure on the quarterback. If they can put pressure on the quarterback, then, then I think Notre Dame's going to shut completely shut Georgia Tech down. And, you know, and, does that mean hold them to 10 points? No. I mean, Georgia Tech has the ability to score points. I mean, they, you look at their their numbers all year. They've, the exception of Clemson, they've scored at least 17 points in every game. They've scored at least 21. They scored 21 and two others. So to me, it's where I think Notre Dame should be is somewhere between, you know, what Clemson and, and Georgia Tech did or Virginia Tech did to them. I mean, I, I think this would be a game where they score 20 or fewer points because. You control the big matchup. The matchup up front is the big one. They have two really dynamic players on offense if Jeff Sims plays. But it's just not a situation where if you play your game, they should be able to move the ball on you. They just – they shouldn't. Now, the, the the question comes down to if Jeff Sims plays, are you able to contain him enough to not allow him to, to run the ball and make some of those plays? Because this Virginia Tech offense reminds me a lot, or excuse me, this Georgia Tech offense reminds me a lot of the Virginia Tech offense in that it's not good on paper. They've got a couple really good athletes. For Virginia Tech, it was more of the receivers. It was obviously like Trey Turner. With Georgia Tech, it's more of the quarterback and the running back. But we saw Braxton Burmeister, who's just pretty mediocre quarterback, really make some big plays with his legs in that game. Georgia Tech's going to try to replicate that with Jordan Yates or Jeff Sims. Notre Dame has to be in a position to keep that from happening. They have to have a game plan to keep the quarterback from wrecking the game with his legs. If they're able to do that, then I don't think Georgia Tech has much of a chance to score. And that leads us to our our last numbers. When when you look at, oh, did not put the rankings in there, and that's some stuff. Uh, when when you look at it, to me, Notre Dame has better. I mean, Georgia Tech scoring offense, they're under thirty points a game. They don't rank real high nationally in scoring offense or total offense. They've had some good games from play time to time. They rank, as I'm pulling up the numbers now, they rank 63rd in scoring offense. They rank 
let me see here. They're pretty low, 65th in total offense. I just they're they're not great in the red zone. There's just nothing that they do well offensively. Even running the ball with those dynamic players, they've got talented guys, but they're not necessarily overly productive. Like I don't think they have the production that a team with Jameer Gibbs and Jeff Sims should have. You know, they rank in the 60s in scoring offense and total offense. They rank in the 80s in third down offense and red zone offense. You know, they're they're not a team that to me gets as much out of their production out of their athletes that 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 they should. And I think that's I think that's a problem. And you know, I just yes, they have some nice players, but at the end of the day, those nice players aren't as good as Notre Dame's nice players. And, and I think that's where this matchup comes down to. So when, when I think about being able to to go out there and play this game and, and shut Georgia Tech down and do those type of things, I think Notre Dame matches up really well against Georgia Tech. And I think they should be able to keep Georgia Tech from really doing much in this game. I'm just going to be honest. Yes, I love Jameer Gibbs. I, I, I think Jeff Sims is a dynamic player. I don't love their offensive line talent. Their tight ends do almost nothing in the pass game. The receivers are solid, but nothing special. They're nothing like the kids that you just face from receiver. They're nothing like the kids at North Carolina. They're they're not like the guys you face at, 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 at for USC. I just feel like if Notre Dame can be aggressive, use their use their line to dominate this game, that this really shouldn't be an overly competitive contest, and Notre Dame should be able to to win it convincingly, which is ultimately what I think is going to happen. I do not think this is going to be an overly competitive game. Uh, it shouldn't be an overly competitive game. This is a game that Notre Dame should should really control the action. So that is going to do it for today's show. As my wife walks into the room with some hot tea in the uh, in the Irish Breakdown mug, so I'm still going to drink that even though the show is over. That's really hot. So y'all haven't seen this in a while. Got the hot tea. All right with the with the uh, Irish Breakdown mug, which you can find in the Irish Breakdown store. Got actually some new items in there. Got a blanket. Uh, uh, thanks for the tea and the ability to do the shameless self-promotion. Uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna got some sweats. We got beanies. We've got some things for the winter, uh, in there as well. So, and we've got a couple new things that, uh, we're going to put in there here by the end of the weekend as well. So anyway, I want to thank everybody for being with us for the show today and allowing us to kind of call an audible to make sure we honored some of the questions that were provided yesterday during our our donation drive. And man, I cannot just express to you all so much how thankful we are and just blessed we are for everything you've done for us to get us up to this point in time, but also for yesterday. You all came through so big yesterday. So big. We raised almost $2,000 in Super Chats alone yesterday. And of course, we raised over $8,800 in private donations from people. Had almost 200 individual donations yesterday. Uh, you all were truly amazing, and I'm going to spend the next few days trying to to spend all that money, and we're going to spend it to try to help the people in our community. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to have much better Thanksgivings and Christmases and have resources to be able to combat the upcoming winter because of you all, and um, I, I can't thank you enough for that, and we'll try to keep you kind of... Uh, you know, follow me on Twitter. I, I may even, I've never posted on Instagram. I may put some things on Instagram. We'll see kind of how it goes, but we'll definitely, definitely put things on Twitter. So you guys can kind of see uh, what we do and and where it's going and who we're delivering it to. And, and, and it's not, I'm not, I want to make sure it's clear. It's not doing it in a promotional type of way. It's, it's about you all gave us over $10,000 of your money to be stewards of, 
And the best way to be stewards of that is to obviously do what we need to do, but then make sure that there's there's transparency and accountability. And that's why we're going to put the pictures out of us shopping and where we're dropping it off to and do those type of things. So that way there can be, there can be some accountability to what, to what we're doing. And so that's why you'll see those things on Twitter. So um, again, I, I appreciate everything you all have done. Hit that like button before you leave, hit the subscribe button, smash the, what's it? Smash the like button, right? Hit the notification, make sure you're subscribed to Irish breakdown, hit the notification bell, and sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. And please check out the website, irishbreakdown.com today. Help us get those numbers back up. I'm going to try to get some content published out here real quick uh, before we uh, we hit the road. But I've got some calls to make to try to find some more people that uh, uh, find some more people that um, need, have, have a need. And we're going to do our best to meet it. So thank you all for taking care of that and getting that done. And far, far surpassing what I thought we would do. So anyway, have a great rest of your day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 1230 on tomorrow. Will be our prediction show. We'll kind of do a final breakdown of this matchup. We'll offer our game predictions. And of course, after Saturday's game, we will have a post game show, which is why you need to be subscribed and hit the notification bell. So, you know, when we schedule the show and Sunday night, we'll have our upon further review. So everybody have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you again very, very soon. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.